This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello and welcome to Game Bet and Match, the tennis betting podcast brought to you in association with Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. I'm Nigel Seeley and I'm joined today to look ahead to the Monte Carlo Open, which starts on Monday or Sunday, sorry, uh, the first clay tournament, the ATP Tour 1000 event. And I'm joined with tennis betting journalist, Mr. Sean Calvert, a good friend of mine for many, many years. We've been exchanging tips many over the years, years. Many, yeah. many years, <laughs> exchanging tips on tennis and uh, knowledge over the years on this. And I'm delighted to say you've joined us to look ahead to what is usually my favourite tennis tournament of the year. You know, that's Sean. Yeah. Do you, you must enjoy the Monte Carlo uh, Masters. I like the setting. It's very opulent, isn't it? It's, um, it's a place I'd like to go and watch tennis. I've never actually been there, to be honest. Um, but not one of my, I'll be honest with you, not one of my favourite betting tournaments. Most of the favourites tend to win. Um, <laughs> so it makes it a bit tricky for me. But a good one for favourite backers always has been. Yeah, well, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the draw came out uh, yesterday. So we're going to break down the draw, look at the brackets, look at the top section, go through some of the leading contenders because um, this is where the real the clay court season really starts now in the build-up to the French Open. So looking for mm-hmm. players to get with and look at longer picture as well and go into the French Open. So let's start uh, with the draw and the top, uh, the, the number one seed making his uh, comeback effective this year. I mean, before we go on about Novak Djokovic is the favourite here. He's plus 220 uh, mm. to win this event. What? You know, what do you think about the Novak Djokovic situation with it, with what's happening to him? Is he, you know, he's the world number one, the best player, but uh, it's not ideal having that rest period, is it? It's a bit, it's a bit bizarre, isn't it? It's not something we've ever really encountered in in the tennis world before. A player just taking tournament off because he's not he's not allowed to enter the country effectively. So it's it's it's, it's a bizarre situation. It's, it's it's never a great um, situation to be in to come into a to a. a a clay court tournament or any tournament with, with so little matches under your belt. He, I mean, he's barely played this season. He played Dubai, lost to Yuri Vesely there, who coincidentally he's also lost to at, at the Monte Carlo uh, Masters. You probably remember a few years ago, mm. uh, Vesely beat him. He, he hasn't got a great record in Monte Carlo anyway. He's not made the final since 2015 when he won it. Uh, he's, he lost to Dan Evans, I think, last year. Uh, he's he's lost to Goffin here. He's, he's had some peculiar losses at, at Monte Carlo. It's not, it's not his best tournament. So I, I and plus, obviously, as you said, the the fact that he's barely lifted a racket for the last six months, it's it, it's not a, a favourite that screams out to be backed, as, as far as I can see. Well, I mean, the only sort of comparison you can say to him, you know, he's a great, you know, he's, he's the number one in the world and he, he's, he's multi, multi-winner and on his day, the best player in the world still, I believe. But, uh, mm. you know, I'm sort of comparing him to to what's, what we're seeing at the Masters with Tiger Woods. You know, Tiger Woods has come back and just... Showed his skill, showed his class, and putting uh, he's in contention to you know, for a top ten finish. And Djokovic has that capability, and that's why you're getting plus two twenty, isn't it? And especially, it's bearing yeah. in mind you're getting plus two twenty for Djokovic in a tournament without Rafa Nadal. Who would have thought you would have been getting those kind of odds 
this time last year if if Nadal wasn't in a tournament. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't expect that sort of price on Djokovic um, normally, but they've obviously factored in um, the fact that he's just he just hasn't played. There's no substitute for playing matches. As great as he is, I'd, I'd be I'd be impressed if he came in and won this Monte Carlo Masters with, with hardly any tennis under his belt, and he's got he's got Alcaraz on his side of the draw, which which arguably the best player on tour at the moment, apart from Nadal, who's, who's out injured. So it's, it's tough. I, I personally wouldn't back Djokovic at that price. Like you say, he has got the quality. It wouldn't surprise anybody if he did do it, but it's not It's not for me at that sort of price, really. So a no for Djokovic. A player to fade for us, given his record, he's not great as a two-time champion, but with, with all the other tournaments he's played in, two-time champion is a bad record for Djokovic, such is his high standard. Uh, you yeah. did mention him, Carlos Alcaraz, uh, the teen sensation. Without a doubt, going to be world number one at some stage. Uh, heavily mm. bet to win the French Open. I know a lot of people are on double figure price. I'm sure you've probably joined the Alcaraz train at some stage. But plus three fifty, yeah. But plus three fifty here, given that he plays Djokovic yeah. in the quarterfinals, does seem a little bit low. I mean, yeah. looking at the draw, the bracket, that top half looks a little bit loaded. Perhaps in the bottom half would probably be where you look for some better value. But three fifty. Yeah. What, what do you what do you what do you think of that price? For me, that's too short. I mean, he, he's he's just won Miami. I think he's become the youngest winner of Miami. Um, he's, he's he's got all the show. He's got everything. This this kid's going to be he's going to be the next Nadal, I suppose, if you want to put it that way. Um, fabulous talent, great. He's already great. He's he's already up there. You know, mm. weirdly, if he wins the French Open um, in a month or so's time, he's not even going to be the the fifth youngest to win it. There's been five people younger than him that have already won it, which wow. is about what quite. And he's, and he's just 18. <laughs> well, he'll be. I think he'll just be just be 19 if he if he if he does win it. He'll be slightly about two weeks younger or something than than Nadal. But um, yeah, that, like I said, that price that's that's too short. The bookies are running scared of him, aren't they? They they mm. they, they know what he can do. They know what he's going to be, and they. They're scared of him. To be I just want to ask you a question here. I mean, obviously yeah. they're running scared of him. I've seen some books. I think Bet Rivers have him at four to one to win the French Open. He's he's a very very low price. We don't even know what draw he's got yet, obviously. But if he does beat Djokovic and wins this tournament, and he, and he does easily beat Djokovic, is there a, is there a chance that he could start favourite at Roland Garros? Possibly. Um, obviously, a lot will depend on Nadal. Obviously, um, I mean, it's not certain yeah. that. Nadal's going to play. He's got a, a rib injury. And notoriously, they're, they're not they're not easy to to say how quickly they're going to heal. That, that, he said four to six weeks. That it could be longer. It could be it could be sooner. But for Nadal to just rock up a week before um, the French with no no tennis under his belt, you would you would have to give Alcaraz a pretty decent chance. He he, he could be close to being favourite if, yeah. if a scenario you just mentioned does actually play out where he beats Djokovic easy this week in Monte Carlo. Yeah, yeah watching space. I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't be advising anyone to take Alcaraz at four to one, but uh, he's definitely a public play, and anyone who's got the double figure prices on him to win the French Open are looking in great shape. And let's yeah. go on to the third in the betting is the defending champion uh, Stefanos Tsitsipas. He's in the bottom yeah. half of the draw. Um, he, he's had a indifferent season, played by injury at the early part, but uh, coming mm. into the time of year where he does do well, six to one Tsitsipas. What do you think of that? I think that's a little. To me, that's just a little bit short. You, if you're betting on Sitsipas at that price, you are hoping that a return to the clay brings a return to the form that we saw from him last year on the on the clay swings. He's not he's not done it so far this season. Um, he had the elbow surgery at the end of last season. That he he changed the strings on his racket. 
Um, and he, he played he played reasonably well in at Melbourne towards the end of the tournament, but he's he's been scratchy all year. He's not he's not been the same player that we saw last year. Um, obviously won here a year ago and had a great clay season. Um, almost won the French. Arguably should have won the French, but but just failed. Um, you, you're hoping that, a, that you're hoping that a return to clay is going to give him a big big boost because he's on form. I wouldn't fancy him at that price, would you? No, I, I do think that bottom half of the section is 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 the place you want to look for value. Obviously, with the Djokovic yeah. playing Alcaraz, um, I, I think yeah. the next man we're going to speak to probably out of the top four is, is if he can keep his his head. Alexander Zverev uh, would probably be someone I think has got a little bit more value. He's got a relatively easy route through to the quarterfinals where he probably runs into last year's run-up, Andre Rublev, who's the next in the betting at 11. And I think yeah. Zverev at 750 would probably tempt me a little bit more than Sitsipas at six. What about yourself? Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, there are question marks about all these guys. As you said, the bottom half of the draw is is, is so wide open. Um you can see quite a few players potentially coming through that section. Zverev, again, he's not been he's not been playing great this year. He had a fabulous end to last season, didn't he? He was virtually unbeatable towards the end of last season, second half of last season. This season, he's not really done it yet. Um, had a bit of a neck issue in Miami when he lost a, a bad one to Casper Ruud. I don't know whether you saw that match, but he, mm. he, he was he was poor, really poor. Not really done it so far at at, um, at Monte Carlo. Um, he had a, he had a good clay swing last year, but he didn't start it well. He lost here to Goffin. Uh, he lost to Avashka in Munich, um, if I remember rightly. And he, he he got better as the clay swing went on. Um, the fact that he's a slightly bigger price than Sitsipas, I, I agree with you. Make make makes him slightly better value. I, I'd like to back Sverev this week based on the draw that he's got. Um, it's a little risky because of the way he's been playing and this, this supposed neck injury. But if you're asking me who I'd rather be on, Zverev or, Sit- or Sitsipas, I'd probably say Zverev. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think it's a pick and match of the two of them playing. And Zverev, 7.56, given the draw. Both difficult, well, easiest routes compared to the top half. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Rublev is 11. He was the, um, the runner-up here last season, losing to Sitsipas, a player that I... I I can never call. Sometimes I expect him to do well. He's a very frustrating player for me for betting purposes. He'll get your thoughts on Rublev in a minute. But the next yeah. man is interested in me, Kasper Rud. Yeah. I was really hoping that he would be in that bottom half. I thought if he was in the bottom half, he would be the player that I would take to, to for the for the place value. The Bet Rivers have a half the odds one two here. So if you want to bet on the each yeah. way, it means you can get six to one or half the odds of that player to make the final. And what do you make of the chances of Rublev and Rud? Um, I, I'm with you on Rublev. I, I just don't think he's got, I've said it quite a few times, I just don't think he's got the self-belief at the top level. He, he, he's a bit of, to coin an English cricketing expression, he's a bit of a flat track bully. Mm-hmm. If, if everything's in his favour, you know, he's he, he looks a million dollars. If he's got the time to hit the shots, you know, the big forehand, he can bully players and, and look good doing it. But his backhand's not good enough at the top level. His second serve isn't really good enough at the absolute highest level we're talking about. Um, and he's got a shoulder injury as well. He had a, he had a bit of a problem in Miami when, when Kyrgios walloped him in Miami. Uh, he bageled him there in, in Miami. Um, he's also got a poor record against Zverev. I, think, I don't think he's even won a set in five meetings with Zverev. Um, so Zverev's really got his number. Um, so not, 
just not. I, I just don't. I just don't think he's got it at the very highest level, Rublev. But rude. Yeah. If you want to talk about rude, then then mm. yeah. I mean, a, a, a much more consistent performer, a, a more solid game. Again, his backhand isn't isn't the absolute best, but it's better. It's probably better than Rublev's, and he's he's serve has improved a lot, as you probably know in recent times. Much better on hard court than he used to be. Extremely effective on the clay. Um, like you say, if he'd been in the bottom half of the draw, then you, you, you in, with Sitsipas and Zverev, you would actually probably fancy him to make the final. As it stands in the top half of the draw, um, well, his semi-final would probably be against Djokovic or Alcaraz, wouldn't it? So yeah. you wouldn't necessarily fancy I think that. his route to the semi-final is in that bracket looks really, really, really favourable. I, I can't see him not getting to the semi-final. But you, what, if yeah. you're a rude backer, you want you want Alcaraz and Nova Djokovic to play a 6-7, 7-6, six, 6-7 seven, seven, six, six, seven <laughs> game, three well, tiebreakers to get yourself in. But you need everything to go in your favour. Yeah, I can't. I can't say Rude's decent. He's very, very decent, but I, he's not for me. He's not. He's not Grand Slam winning decent. Um, I, I don't think he's got that extra sort of X factor, if you like, um, that these top guys have got. Certainly, Alcaraz. We've had a couple of yeah. short winners though. We had Fonini winning this a few years ago, and Tsitsipas was yeah. one of the one of the against the favorites after the many and the Dow's won it twelve times. He's dominated over the years. Uh, let's have a look at that. Sorry, mate. Sorry. What's I was going to say, this, 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 the only time this tournament's not been won by a top five seed since 2005 was, was when Fognini won it in 2019, 200 to one shot. Wow. Um, I don't know whether you remember, but he beat Dusan Lajevic in the final, who was 300 to one. How can I not remember that uh, that classic? <laughs> it's it's well, faded from my, my, my memory, I must admit. The only time a, t- a, number f- a top five seed hasn't won it since 2005. So... That tells you that the top the top guys do tend to win this tournament. Well, let's look at that little bracket there of uh, some leading contenders, or sort of middle range contenders. Yannick Sinner at twenty five to one. He again a player that's um, coming into this sort of clay court season could could surprise. Felix Auger, Alias Sim. I, I can't have him at twenty eight to one. Herbert Hercas again, th- clay thirty five to one. Taylor Fritz. I cannot have at all. But there's one player that isn't on that list who's just below there, and if the we, we we put the screen up, but that's uh, Schwartzman, Diego Schwartzman, mm-hmm. fifty-five to one. He's got a very very easy draw. I think he'll get past Orger Alisimi. Plays Kakanov in the uh, in the first in the first round. I think he'll beat him. Yeah, there he is. There, just go back, go down a little bit, go down a little bit, go down fifty-five. You keep going, keep mm-hmm. going, keep going down. Uh, no, the other way. The other way, Harry. There you go. Uh, there you go. There it is. There. Stop there. Diogo Schwartzman, fifty-five. Yes. I, th- I think if you're looking for a, an outsider in that bottom half of the draw, I can see Schwartzman running deep through to the quarterfinals where he will face Sitsipas. And with Sitsipas injuries, I think if you're looking for someone, that would be my pick. I think. I think he's got a. Po- I think he's got a chance. Yeah. Um, for me, he's not. He's not been playing that well this year. He's a bit scratchy. Well, very scratchy on the on the South American uh, tour. Um, he actually did really well, but every match was a battle. It was an absolute battle. So he, he he's not playing that. We've seen him play some great clay court tennis, haven't we, over the years? He he hasn't been playing that well. But again, it's one of them. The, the clay season starts. It's it's a clean slate, isn't it? Mm. Um, so it wouldn't it wouldn't actually surprise me that that scenario did occur to me as well that that you mentioned. He has got a quite a decent draw, but. Similarly, you could see Kachanov beating him on, if, if Kachanov had a great day. I wouldn't be surprised if Kachanov beat him in the first round, but I, I could make a case for quite a few in that section. 
you could make a case for Fognini again. I mean, he's not going to win it again, but he he could. He, he's not going to be an easy first round, first match for Sitsipas. No. Uh, that's for sure. And he made the quarterfinals here last year. Um, the crowd well, are going to be massively for Fognini as well. Huge yeah, massively. He, he loves playing it and he's, he's not got long left. I think it's, I wouldn't be surprised if this is his last season, all the injuries he's had. Um, couldn't couldn't rule Fognini out. Schwartzman, yeah, couldn't rule him out. Um, as you say, he's got uh, Felix Auger, Aliasim, who who just doesn't do it for me on clay at all. Um, he lost uh, the other day, yesterday, in fact, to, uh, to Alex Molkan in, in, um, in Marrakesh. Which, which, which wasn't even that much of a surprise. Uh, mm. He hasn't really got the, the patience for, for Clay for me at, uh, at the minute, Felix. And he, he hasn't really kicked on since playing great at the Australian Open. So I'm, I'm with you in the sense that I don't, I don't fancy Felix this week, but quite a few names, including Fognini, including Schwartzman, could, including Sinner, including Carreno Buster, could, could come through this, this bottom half if, if the top seeds don't have it their way. Yeah, it's supposable Sitsipas and Zverev are the only two, and you know, Zverev can default, and Sitsipas could uh, lose it for injury concerns. So there's definitely some. We're going to come and ask you your best bets on the on the on the on the future on the, on the winner tour at the end at the end of the interview. But uh, let's move yeah. on to some matches. Um, obviously, there's not really many matches that we know yet because there's some qualifiers coming through. I mean, I've been doing yeah. the uh, the Premier League today. I don't know if anything's been added as we speak, but there's only a few matches on the first round and the first round does start on Sunday so you want to get your bets in nice and early uh with Bet Rivers mm. um anything caught your fancy on the on the first round matches the, the one that I really fancy is it's it's kind of put me off a, a little bit his injuries is uh, is Ilya Avashka against Sanego um he's going to be around about the plus 200 mark I think for that for that match um Ivashka. you had a, he had a great play season last year he took a set off Nadal um, if I remember, I think he was at Barcelona. Um, he's 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 a, he, he had a great season altogether last season, but surprisingly, he played really well on the clay. Uh, made the semi-finals of Munich. Uh, as I say, played Nadal really rough um, in Barcelona. The only problem is he's withdrawn from his last four events. Um, he's got a bit of a wrist injury. He's coming back here. If you if you trust his fitness. Then he's got a, a decent chance against Sonego, who's, who's in absolutely no sort of form at all. I mean, it lost his last five in a row. Mm. Um, a couple of those were, were to players who were ranked outside the top two hundred. So he, he's another one. You, you mentioned Rublev. You can't you can't quite get a level on him. Sonego for me is absolutely impossible to call. Sometimes he can be great. Sometimes really poor. Uh, um, I certainly wouldn't be backing him at um, the odds he is against Ivashka. If Ivashka's fit, which is which is a, which is a gamble. If he's fit, then I, then he's got a really decent chance in that one for me. So that that game is actually on Monday, isn't it? I think I don't think that's on Sunday. I think it's I Monday. Know, I haven't seen the schedule. Yeah, I think I, I think the schedule's out for for Sunday games. There's, there's four games on <clears throat> on Sunday. That game is actually on Monday. So okay. even at two to one, it might bring in the, the handicap, maybe plus two and a half games or something like that, or whatever the line might yeah, be in the handicap. If he's fit, he's taking a bit of a gamble on his fitness, as I said. But if he's fit. Um, yeah, every chance. So, okay. Avashka, we're going to go for Avashka to beat Zonego on Monday in the first round at anything around about two to one. And if you can get a handicap of about two and a half games, it's uh, probably be around at minus 110. We like that. Anything else you like? Any 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 other leans or any other things that you, any There's players a... that you want to oppose in that, that opening round? Well, I don't like her catch as favourite against Monfils. Um, 
you're always taking a gamble with Monfils, aren't you? With with just with the way he is. Um, but Hercax, it doesn't. He's not doing it on clay for me at all. I think I'd look at his clay record earlier. He's he's only won nine out of his twenty five main level clay matches. Um, lost six of the last seven actually on clay. Hercax, um, decent on high bouncing hard courts. Could potentially be decent on clay as as, as the years go by, but I, at the minute he's, he's he's really not impressed me at all on clay. And if Monfils turns up and fancies it, because he has been playing some decent tennis this year, Monfils in spells, um, he'll be slight underdog for that Monfils. Another he's, where he's going to have a huge support, isn't he? I mean, he's going to he gets support everywhere he goes. But in Monte Carlo, he's yeah. going to be a very very popular player as well. Yes, he hasn't played Monte Carlo since 2016 when he made the final. Um, no idea why. Presumably injuries um, would be, would be the main reason for that. But um, he made the final 2016. He made the final 2000 semi final 2015, which is the previous time that he played there. Not played there since, which is weird. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be taking her cats as favourite in that one. Um, there's a few others as well. I caught Lajevic, the guy who made the final in 2019, lost to Fognini. He's underdog against Filip Krajinovic. Um, you're taking a chance on form because he's he's not been great this year, Lajevic, but a return here to Monte Carlo where he's been so successful in the past. He's he's he's, he's definitely got the potential to, to win that one. He'll be yeah, that Lajevic game, that Lajevic game is actually tomorrow. So if you want to uh, follow Sean's yeah. advice on that, and uh, Krajinovic hasn't played a game uh, match this season on clay, which is coming in completely cold. So Lajevic, nothing between them really on the rankings as well. So Lajevic there, uh, a very interesting proposition tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, what, what, there's another three on the schedule, is there, tomorrow? Uh, the three games on uh, tomorrow that I've seen so far are, hang on, let me, Lajevic v. Krajinovic, uh, Fokina against Giron, uh, Dimitrov against Bashlashvili, and uh, the Harris game v. Fukovic. Okay, Fukovic, yeah. Um, Bashlashvili, well, you take your chances with him, don't you? Uh, if, <laughs> if he turns up and he, he finds his best form, then he's got every chance of beating Dimitrov. Similarly, you can see him losing two and one, and just losing interest. Um, so that that's a real that's a real big gamble if you take in Basilashvili. But on his again on his day, you wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Dimitrov's actually got quite a decent record at Monte Carlo. If I remember rightly, the last three times Dimitrov's played Monte Carlo, he's lost in the Dal, um, and he's still got a, a reasonable record despite that. Um, I, I don't think I'd take Basil to be honest, but. I'm, I, I wouldn't ta- similarly. I wouldn't take Dimitrov at the price he is at the minute. No. Um, but- so, so the the best play on the first round. What's your best pick for the first round? Monfils to beat her. Is it, is it I take Monfils. I take if Asker on the handicap. Take a chance on him. I wouldn't actually be surprised if Borna Chorich did something against Yannick Sinner as well. We haven't really talked about Sinner, but um, he's not he's not had the best time of it this season. Sinner. Um, he was sick in Indian Wells. Um, he was very fortunate in Miami to get his for, through his first two matches. I think he saved about eight match points in total in his first two matches. Um, split with his long, long-time coach, Piatti, at the start of the season, who's coached him since he was a kid. Hasn't really done anything so far this season. Well, certainly lately. Um, so, you know, and Chorich is coming back. He's as keen as mustard. He's had, such, he's had so long off uh, the tour due to his, his injuries. I think he's about a year off. Um, and he's played pretty well in the, the matches that I've seen of his since he's come back. He's he's played well, and I, do, I don't see that being an easy out for Sinner 
in the first round. Maybe Chorich on the handicap. You might get plus three and a half, plus four and a half games on the handicap on that one. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be at all surprised if Chorich did something there. Okay, so these are the match bets uh, that uh, Sean has given us and the, the leans he's got. We've got Monfils to win against Herkas. We've gone for Ivashka on the handicaps against Sonigo. Koric on the handicap against Sinner. And we're going to make, we made a case for Lejovic uh, to beat, I can't remember who he's playing now. Who's he playing? Karajanovic. Karajanovic. So they're the four match bets. Um, be checking the schedule. I think one of them is tomorrow and Sunday. So make sure you get your bets on nice and early. We've gone through the tournament uh, as a whole, broke it down from the bracket. We, we're both in agreement that the value is in the bottom half, or well, the easier route through to the bottom half. So uh, who do you think is the best value to win the uh, 2022 Monte Carlo Masters? I knew this question was going to come. Um, <laughs> uh, this is a really tough... It's so tough. It's so tough. You, you, for me, you're either going to take a chance on Zverev, um, or you're going to you're going to you're going to go for a, a real long shot. You mentioned Schwartzman. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule that out. Um, Fognini again, real long shot. Nothing strikes me with massive confidence in this in this in this Monte Carlo Masters. I, I think you're probably going to have to, given the way the draw, the way it is, you're probably going to have to take a chance on Zverev. I think. Okay, so it's very at 750. Don't rule out Fonini, he's 80 to 1. Diego Schwartzman uh, at 55, got a nice bracket, and he usually runs into Rafa Nadell in the quarterfinals and then loses in straight sets. There's yeah. no Rafa Nadell this week, so do it. So it's a very strange look. But I think the general consensus, Sean, isn't it, that the front two, uh, Djokovic at plus 220 and Alcraz at plus 350, who run into each other in the quarterfinal stage, are both too low, we think. that The odds are, are, are yeah. worth opposing, and the value is against the front two. They might play each other. And they may fizzle out if if it goes for him to take two twenty on Djokovic coming into a tournament without much play and Alcaraz all the hype around him. We feel that the value is against them, and Zverev is the man yeah. we want to be with. Uh, Sean, it's been a pleasure to talk tennis with you. We're going to talk um, tennis again next week on the Game Ben and Match podcast. Uh, so there it is. Sorry, it's a pleasure, mate, as always. Yeah, no worries, mate. We look very all the very best with it. Hope you passion winners, and let's hope we don't go bust in Monte Carlo this week. Take care, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network.